0: Blue Plaque Stories. Vita Sackville West, 182 Ebury Street. Read by Bethan Dixon-Bate. It wasn't my first choice of places to live, Ebury Street. This house had been my mother's, and she let us two live here once we were married. Unlike my childhood home, Noel House in Kent, which I was told that under no circumstances would I be able to inherit, because I wasn't a man. Oh, Noel was an extraordinary home to have lived in. It was known as the Calendar House because of its 365 rooms, 12 entrances, and 7 courtyards. It was galling, to say the least, that it couldn't be mine. It only made things worse to see my cousin Eddie inherited in my place. To be honest, I had always believed 182 Ebury Street to be haunted I could almost swear that once I felt a hand close around mine as I leant on the banister going up the stairs. That middle window at the top. I wonder if you can see anything there now. But Ebury Street did suit our London life, and we had fun there. We both worked. We wrote all the time. Harold was a diplomat, politician, historian, and writer. I wrote constantly. From the moment I could hold a pencil, I knew I wanted to write. I'd take myself off to a quiet corner at Knoll and write and write. I wrote novels, plays and poetry. But it wasn't until I was married to Harold and living here in London that my writing became something that defined me. Amongst the froth and bubble of parties and literary salons, I met many people, most notably Virginia Woolf, who first came to dinner with us here at Ebury Street. I had never met anyone quite like her. She dedicated her novel Orlando to me, saying I inspired it. Read it and see if you can imagine Orlando living at number 182 Ebury Street. (laughs) My son Nigel called it the longest and most charming love letter in literature. Harold tired of this house after some years and found it too formal. My two sons had been born here, but it was Kent that would become home for the later part of our lives. We bid London goodbye and found ourselves planting, recording, watching, and writing about the garden in all its extraordinary and baffling moods. It entranced me. Let me read you one of my poems called The Garden. I wrote it when we first moved to the Long Barn in Kent. Before we were to concentrate fully on creating our very own gardens at Sissinghurst, do go and visit them if you can. I like to imagine them still thriving. We owned a garden on a hill. We planted rose and daffodil, flowers that English poets sing and hoped for glory in the spring. We planted yellow hollyhocks and humble, sweetly-smelling stocks and columbine for carnival and dreamt of summer's festival. And autumn, not to be outdone, as heiress of the summer sun, should doubly wreathe her tawny head with poppies and with creepers red. We waited then for all to grow. We planted wallflowers in a row, and lavender and borage blue. Alas, we waited, I and you. But love was all that ever grew.